Well, hey, I'm David and your host of In the Growth Space, and I'm really delighted that you've joined me for this episode. You know, it's so great to be with you once again and to learn from leaders who have gone on their own growth journey. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking with Megan Wollerton, who is a wellness expert and a corporate wellness specialist. And, you know, one of the themes that I've heard this year as I coach leaders is this experience of feeling burned out. You know, it's been a really difficult period to lead. I, I know that I don't have to tell you that, uh, but many people, many leaders are struggling with burnout. And, and Megan experienced corporate burnout after working in the, uh, the oil and gas industry. And she decided to pursue her own well-being. And she found a passion for learning and teaching wellness to others. And she studied various topics on exercise and nutrition, mental resiliency, behavior change, and creating engaging corporate wellness programs. And this led her then to create her company called Life Force Wellness. And that's a corporate wellness organization that focuses on seven distinct well-being areas. And Megan's got a, a BS in, in business administration with a concentration in marketing and then a minor in psychology. And she holds a certification as a personal trainer, a health coach, a nutrition coach, corporate wellness specialist, and a positive psychology practitioner. And she also holds the title of golden glove champion for amateur boxing. I know, <laughs> what a unique combination, she's awesome. We talk about a number of things related to wellness and it's one of the elements that led me to my theme for this week's Inner Circle Summit. It's, it's because I, I know that if we want to lead well, we have to first be well. And if you missed this year's summit, be sure to get connected to our community of, of leaders by downloading my complimentary ebook titled Navigating Change for High-Performing Leaders. You'll be connected to our community of leaders, and also you'll get notified of the new workshops that I'll be holding in the new year, one of which uh, is, is going to be uh, around this idea of embracing change. So for now, though, let's get into this conversation with Megan Wollerton. Well, hey, Megan, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to In the Growth Space. So great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, my pleasure. My pleasure. Well, let's, uh, let's tell everybody a little bit about your growth journey. So you are... You started out in an industry that is not the industry you're in right now. And I always am curious to kind of see those winding roads of where you started and where you are right now. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually went to college for business administration, management, marketing. And then I came out of college right here in Western PA when the Marcellus Shale boom was really uh, a big thing. Sure. So I got into the oil and gas field industry and anyone who knows that industry knows it will chew you up and spit you out. <laughs> spit you out, uh, yeah. So I was told very early on by a drill site manager, hey, my drill rig runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so you best be on call 24 seven. Wow. Oh my goodness. And it was grueling. I enjoyed it. It was definitely a fast paced environment. It was a lot of problem solving, kept me engaged. But, you know, I was not healthy. I gained mm. weight. I was mm. burned out. My marriage yeah. was kind of rocky because oh, I wasn't wow. at home with family. Friends yeah. felt neglected. Sure. So I had an opportunity to actually leave that industry. And I started working with a personal trainer and a health coach. 
And I had a non-compete and I took advantage of that as a reason to have a break in my career. Sure, sure. And when my health coach came to me and she said, hey, that non-compete's about to expire. How are you going to manage this healthy lifestyle going mm. back into that industry? And I said, you know what? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so yeah. she helped me kind of figure out how to get certified. So I, that sent me on this journey where I got certified as a mm. personal trainer, okay. then a health coach, then a nutrition coach, because everyone asks you diet questions. Sure. Yeah. And then I, I took a pause and really meditated on what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I realized I wanted to help people that were like me that are oh, in yeah. those corporate spaces, burning the candle at both ends, not taking yeah. care of their well-being. Mm -hmm. And I went and got my corporate wellness specialist certification. And hmm. now I oh, work cool. with companies to help build their corporate wellness programs. And nice. it's even taken another turn. And when the pandemic hit, I yeah, saw a sure. need for yeah. mental health in the workplace. Oh, yeah. Right. So I got my positive psychology practitioner certification. I think I'm done with certifications for a while. <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, now I really, I, I help partner with companies to help them really develop and implement, you know, full, really, I guess, all encompassing wellness programs, not okay. just focused on the physical, but also the mental, emotional and financial well-being as well. So more of a holistic approach then, right? Yes. Got it. Okay, got it. Well, and and I know that you through your journey and through your kind of transition from being that burned out uh, unhealthy, you know, employee to where you are today ha has really helped you to set your sights on the business that you're in. You know, what do you think has been the most impactful for you in in that journey? Like what's been the biggest growth part for you or the gr growth point for you? For me, it's learning about, honestly, growth mindset. Yeah. I read Carol Dweck's book and yeah. that really catapulted me. Uh, and yeah. now going into companies and being able to like have conversations and see a fixed mindset in certain leaders and knowing mm -hmm. how to talk to them in a way that they can start to understand you know, why things are important, why it's important to encompass wellness, why it's important yeah. to boost mental resiliency um, that's been a journey for me because it's also been a challenge. It's, it's definitely mm -hmm. something I have to overcome is, is helping to convince other people that this is just as important as I believe it to be. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, and I guess, you know, if, if, you know, if you're talking to a CEO and talking to them about their people, the, their resiliency and this, this idea of well-being, you know, why should it matter to them? What's, why is it important for, for CEOs and, and senior leaders to really understand this? Well, I think it all comes back to your people. I mean, your people are what drive the company. And I yeah. think a lot of leaders are getting it now with this great resignation. Mm -hmm. I think it's been a huge eye opener and people have had that little taste of freedom where you know, all of a sudden they had a little more free time. They were working from home. They're discovering yeah. kind of that work-life balance and, you know, they're negotiating whether or not they want to come back to the office and leaders sure. are kind of now at the mercy of the employee and understanding like this is important to your people. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can't have a su successful business 
if you don't have people to support that business. And it's really an investment, just like you would invest in software to increase productivity. You should be investing in your people that they can handle the workloads that you're giving them and work at their best capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always, I've always said that if, if a company, if a, if a company and a company leader says that the company, we, we want to, we want to grow. We want our company to grow, which I don't know any company leader that doesn't. (laughs) But if if we want the company to grow, we've got to be able to have our people growing too, not just growing in our our skills, but our 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 mental health, our physical health, our emotional health, all of the, the the whole the whole picture, the whole person. And I think when we do that, that allows that person each person to be able to operate at their most efficient and effectiveness right yes and actually one of my best workshops that i've been doing with a lot of organizations this past year has been on creating a culture of growth and positivity Mm, and i'm actually teaching managers how to identify employees with fixed mindset versus growth mindset and how to Mm. give praise in a way that it promotes them to be more productive, how to give criticisms in a way that doesn't make your employees want to like run and hide under their desk. Um, I'm also teaching concepts like the scarf model, which is those social threats and stresses that you may not realize are driving employees out of your, your company, because I do believe people don't leave companies, they leave managers. And I think we need to equip our managers and how to handle these social stress triggers and how to help our employees really find overall well-being, especially Mm. coming out of a pandemic. I mean, everyone's really focused on wellness right now after what we've gone through the last couple of years. And to your point, it amazes me that I talk to these leaders and they're like, oh, we want to grow. We want to be more productive. And they don't blink when I say, okay, we're going to spend $10,000 on new software to help, you know, streamline a process or a new piece of equipment in a factory. But you come to them and say, spend $5,000 on a workshop or a wellness program, (laughs) and they don't see the the same value in it. Connect the dots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you, so what are some of those social uh, triggers? I think you call them social triggers. So talk a little bit about that. Like what, what are those and, and, and how do you make leaders and managers in an organization aware of those? So I try to, you know, share that information as much as possible. Emails, presentations, workshops, uh, those Stress triggers, it really comes down from David Rock. He's a neuroscientist. He coined the term neuroleadership. And so he looks at how our brain functions to kind of bring that into leadership so they can understand how your employees are wired. And that gives you a better understanding on how to work with those employees. And he put it into five main social threats and it's called Mm. the SCARF model. Okay. So S stands for status. So this is your title and position in a company. And so when an employee maybe doesn't get a promotion, that's a threat to Uh their social, that status standing. Um, SC is the certainty. So nothing was certain during the pandemic. Do I have a job? Don't I have a job? Am I in the office? Am I out of the office? What's going on? That's a social threat. Um, A is autonomy. So this is where we start talking about micromanagers. When an employee doesn't feel like they have autonomy to do their job, they're more likely Mm. to leave an organization because that threatens them. 
Yeah. R is the relatedness. So this is really speaking to those like DEI programs, you know, okay. how do I fit in in the organization compared to everyone else? And yeah. then F is fairness. Is everyone okay. being treated fairly? And if I don't fairly. feel like I'm being treated fairly, I'm not going to work here. So right. it's looking at those five areas of social threats and rewards. And what mm. are we doing that might be triggering our employees? And what, what, what can we do to reward them in a way that makes them feel safe and, you know, a part of the team? That's really interesting. And I, I guess I'd never thought of that before, but like when you start to think about the threats, so if somebody, if, if somebody feels threatened from the standpoint of like, is my job safe or am I not, am I not able to actually do my job because I've got my boss over, you know, hanging over my, my shoulder. I, I, I guess I really never thought about that as a threat to, to well-being, but I mean, it's true. I, I, I get it now. And so how do you help then leaders to, to be able to recognize that? I mean, recognize some of those threats. So I really go in and I teach them, here's the five threats and here's yeah. what they look like in your work environment. Okay. And then here's how we deescalate those situations. And okay. first and yeah. foremost, we label them. So mm -hmm. I read when I was pregnant with my son, Jax, I read John Medina's book, uh, Brain Rules for Babies. Okay. Oh, and nice. one of the things that you learn is when they start to get in those toddler years and they start to throw those temper tantrums, <laughs> yeah. you can deescalate the situation because what's happening is they're feeling an emotion they've never felt before. It's mm -hmm. the first time they might feel jealousy. So like the first okay. time we did my baby daughter's first birthday and she was the center of attention and he wasn't, you know, this is going to lead to a meltdown. Right. You go to them and you say, what you're feeling is jealous, you know, uh, so you as label soon as they it. can go, I'm jealous. It automatically triggers the brain to calm down because we're always looking for a pattern. And when we feel a way and we can't recognize it, our mm. brain is just sending out that alert and it's just stressing us out. It, it's sending mm. all the, the stress signals for fight or flight. And yeah. it's the same thing with social threats is that we okay. go into fight or flight mode. So when sure. you don't give me the autonomy to do my job, or I don't feel that I'm connected to the people in my work environment, I'm not part of this tribe, I feel mm -hmm. threatened and I go into fight or flight response. Yeah. And to deescalate that, we have to look at, okay, what is triggering you? Let's label it. You know, you're feeling mm -hmm. threatened because you don't have the autonomy. And as yeah. soon as the employee can say, okay, yeah, you know what? I, I am feeling threatened. This is what's going on. And they can voice it and they can label it. It immediately mm -hmm. starts to calm the brain down. And then we can reappraise the situation. What in this situation can we control and what can we change to mm -hmm. kind of get back, you know, some kind of order for our brain, some of our autonomy and, yeah. or view our status differently. So it's really mm -hmm. about being able to identify it. So being educated in it, labeling it, and then reappraising it. How did, so this sounds an awful lot like emotional intelligence and, and becoming aware of our, our emotions. So how do you, like, how I, what's the difference, I guess, is my question. How do you, what's the difference between like, because I mean, to me, it sounds like what you're describing is helping an employee to be more emotionally intelligent or a little bit more aware of their own emotions that are getting triggered within them. So I don't it, know. It yeah. is. But it's on the flip. So whenever I think of emotional intelligence, I think of me internally. Yeah. 
how am I controlling my emotions? What are my triggers? Whereas yeah. when I teach things like the scarf model, really what I'm doing is I'm teaching the leaders how to be a coach and teach it to others. To others. And, okay, I see. And there yeah. is a piece of leadership. I feel every leader needs to be able to do some bit of coaching. Oh, yeah, good absolutely. leaders are good 100%. coaches. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. As a matter of fact, we just got done um, going through a little module in my Emerging Leader Inner Circle around mm-hmm. coaching and helping them to understand what it is, how to do it, and and how to ask good questions because that's really at the heart of, of, of being a good coach. And so I could see in this situation, knowing the SCARF model, that we have to learn how to ask, hey, what are you feeling? What's, what's triggering you? Because I sense that there's something going on here and I just want to be aware of it. So as a leader then, it's, it's my awareness of the people that I'm leading and their, you know, emotional triggers. Well, the other thing too is also say you're about to make a major change in the organization. You're either going to promote an employee and somebody's not going to get the promotion, or we are changing to all employees return to the office. Now as a leader too, you can plan ahead on going, okay, when we make this change, this is going to threaten their certainty or Mm -hmm. this is going to threaten their status. And now we have an understanding of what kind of pushback we're going to get from our employees and we can start to make a plan. How can we get ahead of this and make a de-escalation plan? So when we make this announcement to our employees, we can either soften the blow or we can be prepared to have a conversation because we understand which area we're triggering. Ah, okay. I gotcha. That makes a lot of sense, especially I I, I can see for a, an organization that's going through a lot of change that being able to be aware of this model and then address which area is getting triggered is going to help with that change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Like one of the, the biggest things that I've been working with leaders on was the mask mandates Uh, and then the vaccine mandates. And I mean, how many companies lost employees and they're scratching their heads thinking like, we didn't think it was that big of a deal. It wasn't a big deal for an employee to put on a mask or to go get the vaccine. The thing is, is you triggered their autonomy. Autonomy, You took their choice away when they were no longer able to make the choice for themselves. It was you telling them they had to, you threatened Uh them and they went into fight or flight response. And unfortunately your employees chose flight. And yeah. they left to go to another company. Yeah, right. Interesting. I, I, I think that this is, I'm, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I think that really this is so important on a lot of different fronts, not just, you know, health and wellness, but anytime there's a structure change within an organization, I mean, look, we're, we're, we're in some uncertain economic times, right? And so mm-hmm. during uncertain economic times, there's got to be some adjustments. And, you know, I, I always think about adjusting our sales. You know, if if the winds change and they shift, we need to shift our sales so that we can actually continue to, to, to make progress. And so with those shifts and changes, then we have to be the ones that also make sure that we're communicating in a way that doesn't trigger our are people to feel like they don't have a lack of autonomy or you know their their social status and so i think there's this is a really important conversation for a lot of leaders to to hear and and, and understand um yeah so um what 
if you're talking to a, a senior leader, what's the biggest thing that you like you need to get across to them in terms of how their employees wellness relates to like the either the bottom line results, the financial results? Because I know that as a if I'm a senior leader and I'm listening today, I know that that's top of mind, like how how do I equate the two? And I, cause I, I used to be in the wellness industry and I, I, I know I always used to get that conversation. I, I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, like how, how are you communicating that? So what I've been communicating is right now, traditionally wellness programs, they haven't been as effective as they should be. And sure. I think a lot of leaders are getting frustrated and, oh, we're running these challenges, we're implementing this stuff, we're buying the apps, and we're just not seeing a boost in productivity. I'm not seeing the, the return on my investment. Mm-hmm. And what I tell a lot of leaders is, look, I get asked a million times a year, can yeah. you come in and do a stress management thing for our employees? <laughs> Do you have a meditation app? Can we do a virtual (laughs) yoga class? Sure. And what I try to explain to people is those are great at treating the symptoms. Yeah. But that's like putting a Band-Aid on a severed finger. If I cut the top of my finger off, you could put a Band-Aid on it. It would stop the bleeding. And from the surface, it might look okay. But at the root cause, I still have a severed finger. You you haven't done anything to fix my finger. Mm -hmm. And you need to take the time to truly invest in wellness and get to the deeper causes. What we've Mm. been doing is very surface level. And now with bringing in the psychology and the neuroscience, you know, when I talk to leaders, like when we talk about things like the social threat, social threats are the number one decrease in productivity for employees. Because when we are threatened, even socially, our body goes into fight or flight mode. And when we feel social pain, our body reacts the exact same way as if we suffered physical pain. That's why whenever you get bad news, you get that feeling, oh, I just felt like it was a punch to the gut. Yeah, That's real. And when we're in pain, our prefrontal cortex, which does all of our high decision-making problem solving in our brain, it shuts down. And so- you know, I talk to leaders all the time. How do we get our employees to remain focused or be more productive or, you know, become better problem solvers? I ask if I kicked you in the leg right now, (laughs) kicked you in the shin and gave you a difficult math problem, do you think you'd be able to solve it? No, because you're, you're focused on the pain. The pain. It's the same thing when your employees are under constant stress, Mm -hmm. they're experiencing social pain. It might come in the form of a headache or tightness in the chest or muscle aches. Like how many of us Mm -hmm. have like sore, stiff necks and stuff? Cause that's where we carry our tension Mm -hmm. when they're in pain from all the social anxiety, their prefrontal cortex isn't going to be able to function as well. And they're not going to be able to work at a full capacity. Mm -hmm. So making sure that we are taking care of our employees and giving them the tools and reducing the threats and reducing the triggers to actually reduce the stress levels, not just treat them at the surface with meditation and yoga, we will start to see that increase in productivity. We're going to have happier employees. They're going to enjoy coming to work. They're going to be more engaged, but you have to dig deeper. You can't just put a bandaid on it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, as you, as you kind of dig deeper and as you look at kind of the deeper issues, then Maybe what's one or two just simple tweaks that an employer could do or a leader could do really to, to 
not just put the bandaid on it, but really get to the source. What's like, is there something that's fairly easy that they can really do to address the, the deeper issues? I find growth mindset and mental resiliency are very strongly linked okay. and that we are more resilient to stress when we have a growth mindset. And Makes it is sense. very easy to put an employee on the learning growth path by doing two simple things. One, when you give them praise, praise the process, not the person. Yeah. I, I never want to hear one of my leaders say, you did a great job today. Right. No. Totally agree. <laughs> I, I want to hear you wrote an extremely detailed email. I really appreciate all the information you shared. Mm -hmm. Tell me about what specifically it is that I did yeah. that you enjoyed. Praise the process Love whenever it. you like, that's my biggest, that's my biggest one pet peeve that I hear in the work environment. Yeah. And two, be a little more intimate with your employees. Mm. When you're having a bad day, tell them you're having a bad day. You yeah. can't manage an employee's expectations if they don't know what they're going to get. If I come in and I've spilled coffee on myself and I had a fight with my spouse and my toddler yeah. had a total meltdown when I dropped him off at <laughs> school, I'm coming in the office and you ask me, hey, how are you doing today? And I go, oh, I'm okay. And I keep walking. You have no idea that I am dealing with this level of stress. And now is not the time to ask me complex problems. Right. Now is not the time to ask me for that raise. You know what I mean? Yeah. We need to be able to be open and honest. So something as simple as, when somebody asks you, hey, how's your day going? Be honest. Say, hey, you know what? I'm not having the best day today. You know, I'm going to go into my office. I'm going to try to get through some emails. If you need me urgently, call me. But today's not the day to like yeah. go over this project or this proposal. Sure. Like I, I need some time to decompress. And I think that even makes the work environment so much better. And knowing that the pressure's off. You yeah. know, nobody's going to expect this level of work from me. And I can be open and honest about how I'm feeling when I'm having good mm -hmm. days and bad days. Yeah, I would think that that even um, lends itself to having a an environment of um, uh, psychological safety, you know, just being because mm -hmm. if the leader is open and, and honest about it and then the, you know, the people um, that that report to that leader is are also going to feel that same capacity to be vulnerable and open up and, and, and share when they're having a bad day. Exactly. Yeah. I really love, uh, your, your, um, description of praise and, and praising the process. And, um, I, I, I think that the, the one other thing that I want to add to that is not only praising the process, but also the impact that it has to the business. Because if I'm going to um, give people a, a praise, I want to show them, hey, look, because you did this, it really impacted our, our customer. It really made our customers day you know, better or something along those lines. Because you did that, um, it really impacted our sales team. Our sales team is going to be more effective because you did this. And I think that impact, that one little little uh, extra connection really helps to um, give good acknowledgement and and uh, appreciation. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um, so you mentioned something a minute ago, and I want to just dig into that for just a second. 
So you, you mentioned, and you mentioned it earlier too, in our conversation, the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. I love that. Carol Dweck's book is, is awesome. If, uh, for those of you who are listening or watching, um, go out and get it. It's just called mindset. Um, Carol, Dr. Carol Dweck, um, really, really good book. So in your work, how do you help somebody go from this fixed mindset mentality to a growth mindset? Because that's that's like the holy grail, isn't it? <laughs> well, that is a two to three hour workshop, let me tell okay. you. Oh, good. But... Okay, good. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. So, it, But there are steps that you can take. And one of the things that I found, and I, I kind of mentioned this with, I see a correlation between growth mindset and mental resiliency is understanding how we kind of get on that fixed mindset or how the fixed mindset thinks so that we can kind of stop the brakes and and show the people like, you know, you're putting yourself in a box. And so doing the things like the praise, the process praise helps asking the right questions, which is something you mentioned earlier, what questions to ask more open-ended that put them on that questioning learning path. But the other thing is there's a cognitive behavior therapy. And I actually offer a free guidebook for people and it's dealing with those negative thought patterns. So there's the ABCDE model of cognitive behavior therapy. A is the activating trigger. B is the belief that we develop from that trigger. And then C is the consequence. So this is something as simple as I got passed up for a promotion And someone in the fixed mindset will automatically usually jump to something negative, like I'm no good. I'm not worth anything. This isn't meant for me. And the consequence is they shut down. They don't believe that it's for them. And so then you don't see that performance come out. Mm -hmm. We dive deeper. The D is where we do a little disputation where I will sit down with that employee or with a client and go, what are all the, um, beliefs that you have or all the evidence that you have that make this statement true and what do you have that makes this false and we'll go through it so what proof do you have that you're never going to amount to anything you know what what what, show me your evidence that you're not going to amount to anything and then show me all the reasons why that's not true and then of course you start to see that, okay, this thought is ridiculous. It's not true. I am yeah. capable because there's maybe a situation where I've done it before. Yep. And then the E is the evidence and, and really looking at it and reevaluating the situation okay. and we reframe it. Reframe. Oh, okay. I love that. So the, 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 um, the cognitive behavior, um, uh, I, I can't remember. Was it a was it a was it a PDF or was it a download or something? That, can can well, we offer I do that? Have a, yeah, I have a PDF uh, download <sighs> guidebook and it's free. Awesome. Um, I can share a link with you, or if anyone yeah. wants to email me, and I'm happy to share that. But it actually walks you through, like, hey, what happened? Yeah. What is the belief you're holding on to? And then we look at that disputation and evidence, you know, let's really go Mm -hmm. through and it has the guide write down what you have to believe this. Some people need to go um, even deeper. One of my favorite exercises to do with people is we will look at a belief or something. We get into that catastrophizing. Maybe in high school you had like a math test and you're like, oh, I'm going to fail. I'm never going to get to college. (laughs) No one's ever going to love me and I'm going to die all alone. We just spiral. Right. (laughs) And what I do is I'll sit down and I'll go, okay, worst case scenario, what's going to happen? 
best yeah. case scenario, what's going to happen and most likely what's going to happen. And let's give percentages to the chances that this will happen. Sure. And that really helps to redirect mindset. And so doing yeah. those kinds of exercises with employees or just simply asking open-ended questions on, well, what makes you believe mm -hmm. that? You know, mm -hmm. why do yeah. you feel like this is all you're ever going to amount to? Why, you know, yeah. why don't you feel you're good enough? Asking those open-ended questions or bringing up, when's the time that you learned a new skill in the past? Mm -hmm. When was the last time you faced a similar challenge? And how did you get over that before? Yeah. So it's all about asking the right questions and giving the right praises that yep. put them on that learner path. I think this is so important, Megan, because I think that when a, a an individual can learn to reframe things and actually move into a growth mindset, I think that their life expands almost exponentially. And, and I think that we all have certain elements of fixed mindset and growth mindsets, and we, we have to continually challenge those and 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 break out of that and i think your abcde model is is amazing i think i think there's a lot of leaders that ought to be using this as a tool to help their people to to grow and i want to encourage everybody who's listening to go to the link in the show notes we'll have a link to megan's um tool so that you can use that tool and get access to that because i think and, and I, I even think that it's it really is almost a self-coaching tool in a lot of ways, self-coaching and also a coaching tool for leaders to be able to take them through this model. I, I think that's really important. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I call it the get out of your mind guidebook. So it's all <laughs> about that. getting those negative thoughts out of your head, because I really do think that people in the fixed mindset, they deal with those kinds of thoughts more than someone with a growth mindset. Yeah. Well, what I've seen is people with a growth mindset, as soon as that negative thought hits their head of, oh, I'm no good, they immediately can be like, no, that's not true. Like it, it, this happens in a fraction of a second for someone with a growth mindset, but yeah. someone who's really stuck in a fixed mindset, they need to write it out. And just through yeah. practice, eventually they'll get better that when that negative thought hits, that puts mm -hmm. them in that box, then they can go, no, this isn't true because I've got this. They can immediately yeah. go to, this is a lie and, and yeah. get out of their head. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, I, I really, so for, for those leaders that are listening right now, I really think this is an important topic. And, and I think it's, it's an important topic because as, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that I believe that when our people are growing, our companies are going to grow as well. And because of that, I think it's really important for us as leaders to understand our people and help our people to to feel well to be well to grow well and really have this holistic approach to helping our people be all that they can be and be the best version of of themselves and so to that extent i think that what megan has uh available and some of the things that she teaches and and the workshops that she provides are just so crucial to to growth and so that's the reason why i wanted to have you on and and, and have you here so how can people get in touch with you megan and um just learn more about what you're what you're doing and the the services that you provide okay well my website is just lifeforcewellness.com 
And then right. my email is just Megan, M-E-G-A-N, no H, at okay. lifeforcewellness.com. Love it. We'll make sure that those go in the show notes as well. Um, and before we go, um, is there anything that we didn't talk about that we really should just to make sure that the leaders who are listening understand something that maybe we didn't talk about? I would say support your HR team. <laughs> I, yeah. I find that HR is usually the ones that are getting tasked with your wellness programs and mm -hmm. they have been so overburdened, especially after the pandemic, new laws, sure. new mandates, new guides to keep up with the hiring, the, the exit interviews. And a lot of times wellness gets thrown at them. And I yeah. think that leaders really need to take into account everything that our HR people do mm -hmm. and understand that, you know, sometimes they need that little extra support. And that's where companies yeah. like mine come in and understanding that we need to manage their stress as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Gosh, this is so good. Megan, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing um, your, your perspective, your tools, and, and really... I think um, sharing on this important topic because um, we're in an we're in an uncharted territory right now. We've got we, we're obviously we're we're coming through this pandemic. We're we, we've been we've been isolated now, and we've been and we've been um, sedentary for the most part. A lot of people have been, not everybody, but yeah. a lot of people have been sedentary. And there's this aspect of wellness and well-being that um, I, I really believe that leaders need to pay attention to. And so, thank you for bringing this, uh, you know, to to in the growth space today. And uh, for those of you who are listening and watching, make sure you reach out to Megan. Um, she's an amazing leader herself, and uh, she's got an amazing organization. So, uh, reach out to her. So, Megan, thank you again for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, that was such a great conversation about being well and, and avoiding burnout. And I really enjoyed this conversation with Megan. And, and here's just a couple of things that I wanted to just recap from this conversation, because I think it's, it's really important for each of us to have a growth mindset in today's business world. Now, I, I recognize you're probably not listening to this uh, podcast if you don't have a, a, uh, a growth mindset. But if we're going to embrace change, we have to have this ability to recognize that this is a this is a mindset that we're going to have to embrace and need to, to have and really even ha help our our employees, our people to to have as well. And if we're going to do that, then taking care of our people is going to give us the best results and going to give us the best ability to have the you know improved results in this new era of business and then you know since humans are at the focus of of everything that we do using human psychology to help our people to really be able to work their best is going to be necessary and so understanding human psychology and using human psychology um, understanding our people um, is going to be so crucial in, in the world that we live in. And it, it, it is today, whether we recognize it or not. And so if, if we're a leader that has, been, has grown up around the command and control type of, of mentality and mindset, we have to change. And, and, and if you're listening to this, I, I hope that you are seeing that and really leaning into changing. So do your best to, to understand your people and, and, and understand the threats that they feel because when we do that, that's gonna help us to help them 
embrace change as well. The other aspect I think that was a really good component of this conversation was just the recognition that every leader needs to be able to coach. And to be a coach, you have to be able to ask good questions and listen. So asking good questions is one thing, but but sitting back and being a generous listener is, is another thing. And so I just want to encourage all of our leaders who are listening to um, be a good listener and, and also learn to coach um, and, and, and be a part of, an, of, a, of a group that will help you to coach so that you can really understand your people. And then the other component too is just understanding our people's fight or flight mechanism and, and that fight or flight response is, is gonna be really important in, in how they adjust to change uh, because there's going to be so many changes that are necessary as we're moving into this new era and, and honestly, as we're in this new era of business. And, and I think that wellness programs um, are, are so important and they really need to get to the root causes of, of what is causing our unwellness. And when we do that, then it really equates to real financial and, and productivity improvements. And so I think this is a really important topic, and I'd love for you to connect with Megan. Um, we'll, we'll have all of her connection information in the show notes. And I, I really did love this conversation because I think we only hit the tip of the iceberg. And I, I really think that if you're a leader in today's business uh, world, you, you need to understand these ideas that we discussed in this episode. And if you like this episode, do me a quick favor and, and scroll to the ratings part of your podcast app and, and give us a five-star review and, and also share a review with one of the things that really impressed you the most from today's episode. I'd really, really appreciate it. And of course, if you're not subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button because I'd like you to be able to hear our future episodes and I'd really love to be in touch with you on, on, on a more, more personal way. And so um, if, if, if you'd like that as well, um, every week I write an email to my community and just helping them to you know, encourage them, um, give them some leadership tips, further uh, their, their, their growth. Um, and in the show notes, you'll see my website, uh, which is www.davidmcglennon.com. And when you scroll to the bottom of the, the, the site, you can join our email community. I'd love to really stay in touch with you. So thanks for joining us on this episode of In the Growth Space. And until next time, keep growing and be well. Thank you.